Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. episode 42 of Believe in Betting LA. It is Wednesday, April 22nd. I'm your host, Sam Maxwell, joined as always by my co-host, Chris Lewert. How are you doing today, Chris? Are you looking forward to tomorrow's NFL Draft Round 1? It's It seems like it's been longer than it's been, but that will, this will be the first, I, I think I said it last, last time we recorded, is this will be the first thing that's like appointment television for me. I know exactly where I'm going to be and what I'm going to be doing you know, with the bag of chips and the the Diet Coke and just hopefully watching half of the GMs in the league fumble through trying to do a <laughs> webcast. Keep it a lean. Wow, Diet Coke, maybe some pop chips there to get you health conscious Sanchez maybe. Uh, I'm very impressed. I'm definitely going with the wings and pizza route tomorrow. But Ooh, you're absolutely right. This is uh, appointment television. We know exactly what we're going to be doing. There is a ton of enthusiasm on draft Twitter, on NFL Twitter, on college football Twitter. On betting Twitter, on DFS Twitter, I mean, everything is just popping all at once. This is really the first thing that we've had to all watch in together in quite some time. Speaking of other things that we're watching together in appointment television, The Last Dance, episodes one and two, the Michael Jordan documentary, was met with great fanfare last Sunday, Chris. Those first two episodes debuted. It was hit with six million unique audience members, which was the highest by far for cable television since the quarantine began. Of course, you're a Chicago native. You're a Bulls fan. Give me your first impressions of the first two episodes of The Last Dance. Hard to be a Bulls fan these days, but I, you know it's it's a little tough for me because I was, you know, I was eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen years old, right when when all this was going on, and remember it vividly, and just it never felt. It's the only time I can think of where I just. I watched a team I was cheering for and just never thought we were going to lose. Um, we had the best player. I knew he was the best player. And it was kind of a joy. It was a, a joy to have kind of – those are your formative sports years, right, when you're a teenager and a preteen. And you really live and die with these teams. And you understand that, um, that before you understand that it's a business and that's how these guys act. Um, you know, I, I remember the Scottie Pippen being underpaid thing and, and him being unhappy. Um, Jordan's competitiveness was really legend in the city and everybody knew it. I think this is a great time for younger millennials, you know, uh, people who were, you know, four and five and six and can't really remember it to, to truly get a taste of what people talk about when they just speak with such reverence about Jordan. Um, the guy had a, a killer instinct and a drive that, that very few people have. And I always compare it to like in my lifetime, Tom Brady and, and Tiger Woods, like those are the only people I can think of that can kind of match his intensity. Um, and wanting, well, actually Kobe too. Uh, the one thing I, I think Jordan was a much more talented player than Kobe, but I think Kobe's the only other basketball player I've seen since that matches "I will kill you to win" attitude. Yeah, and, and there's been rumors this week about the Last Dance version of Kobe, some sort of Kobe documentary. I know the, those final two seasons. 
they followed him around and obviously with the, the backstage Lakers crew, they should have some very unique footage for Kobe. So maybe that's something that we'll have to look forward to in a couple of years. A couple of things really stood out to me with the Jordan documentary. The first was almost unbelievable that a rookie Jordan walked in on his teammates with <laughs> girls and drugs and, and declined and walked out. I mean, good for him if he's telling the truth. Uh, if he's lying, I don't blame him at all. And, you know, maybe he was just a little younger and more naive and and, and truly just did care about basketball first. And if that's the case, then that's awesome. Uh, it's been very well documented that Jordan, uh, not necessarily a partier, but a rabid gambler. And I just don't see him turning down that opportunity. But, uh, you know, he was young and, and he came from a good family. So that's potentially something that that is true. And the second thing that really stood out to me, Chris, was – that he played golf with Danny Ainge the day before a playoff game. I know that uh, a lot of players will, will blow off steam in, in various capacities, but I found that almost to be unbelievable at that time that uh, that Michael Jordan would be playing golf with uh, you know somebody he was playing against on the floor the very next day. They both, of course, had their reasons, and and, and you know you saw Danny Ainge kind of joke about uh, maybe I shouldn't have taken so much of his money that day because he he was certainly motivated that next day. But um, as you mentioned, appointment television. Uh, it was a lot of fun. It was something, you know, one of the first things I can remember in a long time watching live with commercials. Oh, right. Commercial yep. pops in and, you, and you're texting your friends. And, yep. uh, you know, that was certainly something that was a little different. And uh, it was just something that we could all connect on, unite on, and it brought us all together. Love Jordan, hate Jordan, indifferent to Jordan. Uh, you learned a lot about his, you know, college career, how he came to be with the Bulls, his uh, criticism of general manager Jerry Krause. I thought that was hilarious, the different jabs they got at him. Um, and Jerry Krause just was absolutely just, uh, you know, just taken aback. I was taken aback by how much criticism he received in that, and that he, you know, he put together this team, and he was a great GM, and he did a lot of things poorly. Um, and it was funny to see all the different memes of him being the Space Jam GM, and you know, kind of they had <laughs> they, a, a physical resemblance to say the least. But um, I felt bad. I felt bad for his legacy, and I felt bad that you know he's not alive today to be a part of this. And a couple of the beat writers certainly. Uh, made sure to say, hey, you know, this guy did a great job. He just was hard-headed towards the end and, and wanted to make sure that he got his due and felt like his legacy was being stepped on. Uh, I just felt like he was unduly criticized, and it was unfortunate because there's no one really to stick up for him. But uh, he deserves some of the criticism, certainly. It's absolutely asinine to try to break up a team that's won uh, five championships in six years and, and, and obviously completed the double three-peat later that, that season. So uh, episodes three and four will debut this Sunday uh, at a Netflix and ESPN documentary. We can all look forward to that. Again, this is Believe in Bending LA, episode 42. I'm your host, Sam Maxwell, joined as always by Chris Lewitz. You can find us on Twitter for myself, S Maxwell seven one three, and for Chris Lou Mandingo Rock, L E W M A N D I N G O R O C K, and of course, Stag Capital is at Stag Cap. You can find us and a whole lot of other great podcasts on the Believe Podcast Network at Believe.com, that's B-L-E-A-V.com, and at Believe Podcast on Twitter. And, of course, we are available wherever you choose to get your podcast from. That includes iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, Spotify, and iHeart. Well, let's talk about the NFL draft here, Chris. We are both very excited for this tomorrow, <laughs> as we did. We already discussed what we're going to eat, <clears throat> so we definitely know uh, we're excited for this, and there's a lot of mock draft competitions. I'm involved and a prop uh, competition as well. So there's a lot of fun things to play here. Uh, how excited are you for this draft here? And let's talk about the Chargers. What do you think they will do with their first pick? So from reading kind of the different mock draft stuff, it looks like O-line is where they're going to go. Um, obviously, they need to kind of load up on quarterback, and I think they might 
bring a few into camp. I think we'll definitely draft one later. Uh, CBS thinks that they are going to move up and try and get Jordan Love late in the first round. But right now it looks like Andrew Thomas is going to be the elite offensive lineman uh, that they're going to take and just help anchor your, your team. I think it's a great pick. I am a big, big fan, especially if you're drafting early, uh, taking defensive and offensive linemen. They are guys, by and large, you can count on to, to be on your team for 10 years and contribute. And I think that's still where the game is won. If you have an elite offensive line or an elite defensive line, they are going to make everything look better around them. Um, and I think it minimizes your risk. And it's the same way I gamble, right? It's all about risk minimization, maximizing your value. And I think Andrew Thomas is that. Uh, and not the only victory for the Chargers. Uh, their new uniforms came out, and they look great. Uh, best uniform in the NFL, I got to say, for sure. Yes, the Chargers changed uniforms. They unveiled those. I believe it was yesterday, and uh, a lot of different teams have created new uniforms. That's kind of the, the buzzy 2020 offseason thing to do. And it seems like the Chargers are certainly the crown and the jewel uh, with the baby blue and yellow. Very similar colors now to the Rams. So it's interesting that you have two different football teams, two different conferences with very similar colors. Uh, the Browns basically came up with the exact same uniforms, minus the Cleveland across the chest. The Buccaneers go back to the early to mid-2000s versions of their uniforms as they welcome in Rob Gronkowski to their franchise. That's going to be fun to see both Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski team up again in the, the NFC South. And then the Patriots come out with the uniforms. They look just like Ole Miss. Uh, so the, the Chargers, I think, certainly made the biggest splash. And uh, they'll be picking tomorrow evening the first round at number six overall. And it's an interesting spot. As you mentioned, you think they're going to go offensive line. I think they will as well. But I know they're enamored with a couple quarterbacks. We don't know if they like Justin Herbert enough to take him there at six. We don't know if they like Tua Tagovailoa enough to trade up over the Dolphins likely to get them. I think Tua's going to end up going number three overall when someone trades up with the Detroit Lions, but it'll be interesting. I do think that we will see the Chargers go offense either way, whether that be quarterback or whether that be offensive line with their first pick. And that's going to be my very first draft prop bet to put down Chargers. First player offense. It is expensive. It's minus 500. But as we just detailed, Chris, they're either going quarterback or offensive line, right? Definitely. <clears throat> so that's expensive, but that's one I'm definitely going to take. If you're just joining us now, this is going to be an NFL draft exclusive betting uh, proposition here. Believe in betting LA episode 42. We're going to talk about our favorite draft prop bets. And you should definitely get in on these. You're going to want the fun when it comes to watching the draft tomorrow, Friday, and Saturday. We're just going to talk about about 10 of our favorite bets, including our lock of the draft. Let's get started here, Chris. I just took Chargers minus 500 offense as their very first pick. What do you got? So this is kind of a fun bet, but it follows the Chargers because it's an Andrew Thomas prop. Andrew Thomas, offensive lineman at Georgia, 6'5", 315. Turns out old Andy used to play in the high school band and was a drummer and quite enjoyed his high school band experience and wanted to continue doing it. But um, given that you are playing at Georgia, you can't exactly spend half time uh, doing the doing the show, so he had to pick football over that. And this bet is whether or not the draft coverage will mention that Andrew Thomas played in the high school band, plus 175 that yes, they will mention it. Why do I think they'll mention it? Well, I just read a New York Times op-ed on Andrew Thomas playing high school band. So 
seems to me that's something that they will slip in there uh, as they talk about them as an early pick. Those guys tend to get, you know, the full two minutes of breakdown of what they've done. So at plus 175, I'll gladly take that. And likely when it comes to something like that, they'll have video or a photo of him in the band and yep. some sort of impetus to mention that, and that'll get you there. That's a nice underdog pick there. Uh, I think that, you know, I think your, your logic is correct. He's going to probably be a top 10 pick, potentially even a top seven or top five pick. They will spend some time breaking down his film, but they will also talk about his backstory. Yep. ESPN loved the fun, you know, human interest kind of stories. Yep. These kind of things always get detailed. This is a very, very different one because very few players of this magnitude play band in any way. But I think that's a good one. I think they will mention that as well. And I know offline, Chris, you mentioned more than ever, more than any other year, to make sure to read the fine print. This is a different draft. These books know there's a lot of public interest. They know there's going to be specific things. There's always interesting ones out there. We're going to break down some of our favorite ones. Uh, just go ahead and give the PSA out there to all our listeners in terms of just reading the fine print for these draft props. So I think if you're listening, you are probably of the gambling-minded person. And you've probably been listening and reading and, and checking out kind of other content that's been going on during this time. And one thing that has surprised me a little bit, and this is from major outlets, is the lack of warning and kind of saying, hey, if you're betting a baseball future, a total or a player prop or something, you know, who's going to win MVP or this, that and the other, or, you know, how many games is Georgia or Alabama going to win next year? Make sure you're reading the fine print on that. Make sure you see something that says they play a full schedule. Um, if they miss a couple games, uh, I don't think it's going to happen, but it might protect yourself on that stuff. Don't put your hard-earned money down. Read the fine print and be like, wait a minute, they played two less games? Like, uh, oh, they only had to play five for the bet to count? It's kind of like a, a baseball game, right? You don't necessarily have to play the full nine. Once you get through five and a half, it's a full game. So... Uh, make sure you're checking that stuff out if you're placing any future bets. Um, this is something that you want to make sure of. Don't put that hard-earned money down and then realize that they counted, oh, they played six games in an NFL season. That counts as a full, you know, if you bet at somebody's total yards over a wide receiver or something like that. Don't, don't get hosed on that stuff. So be really careful if you're listening or reading other content out there and they're, you know, touting future bets one way or the other. Uh, just be very careful with where you're betting that you're, that you're getting protected. And especially important for any sort of bets you're putting down for the NFL draft. A lot of these are specific to the first round. Yep. Now, if it's over under a certain position, Jordan Levin, 19 and a half, for example, completely irrelevant about the first round or second round. But a lot of these are only first round bets. You know, the total amount of uh, quarterbacks, the total amount of players per conference, the total amount of uh, players from a, a various school. Uh, a lot of these fun ones that we're going to talk about, whether or not there's going to be pizza shown, who will, you know, uh, how many cats, how many dogs. These are all very likely just the first round. Make sure, as you mentioned, Chris, to to, to look at this specific one for your book specifically, because everyone's going to have different rules. Yep. Read those thoroughly. Make sure you have a full understanding of what you're getting yourself into. Definitely. All right. So you took Andrew Thomas as uh, they will mention that he was in the band at plus 175. I took Chargers, number six overall, really just whatever their first – draft pick is whether or not they trade up or trade down or stay put there at six i had them taking an offensive player very expensive minus 500 i'm gonna go with back-to-back -back underdogs here they both are related to the same player in the same position and that's jonathan taylor wisconsin running back he was back-to-back -back joke walker award winners the only running back in college football history with 2,000 yards in all three of his collegiate seasons he improved mightily as a pass catcher last year for whatever reason chris there is no consensus that he will be the number one running back taken 
in all other years, if you compare him to any running back that's taken the first round, McCaffrey, Fournette, uh, you go back a, a long ways to <clears throat> Zeke and, and various other running backs, he compares very favorable to them. For whatever reason, he is an underdog. Will he be a first-rounder? I'm taking that as yes, plus 275. That goes along here with will he be the first running back taken at plus 250. I'm going to go ahead and take yes on both of those. I think if one hits, the other will hit. DeAndre Swift is in the conversation for first running back overall taken. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire of the champion LSU Tigers is also in that conversation. There are other guys with an outside possibility like Cam Akers um, and J.K. Dobbins of Ohio State. But I really do think that Jonathan Taylor will go in the mid-20s. He's been linked to a number of different teams. We could see the Buccaneers trade back into the first round and get him. We could see the Miami Dolphins trade to get him with with their third first-round pick. The Ravens could be there. There's a lot of different teams that have a need at running back. He's the most complete one. He's a great kid. I'm sure he tested very well. Uh, He didn't test very well in the combine. I'm sure he interviewed very well digitally. I like him as a first-rounder at plus 250 or plus 275, and I like him as the first running back taken at plus 250. What do you think about that? I think you're definitely getting good value on that, and I think that's one of those things that the prognosticators tend to just focus on the highlight reels or the what-ifs, right? And I tend to think that GMs take a lot more stock in those interviews, in those phone calls they have, and talking to the head coach. And I think uh, Taylor was a – is he a junior or is he a senior? He played there for at least two yes. years. Three years. So, he was a true junior, so he's, he only was in college for three seasons. Yeah, so he's, he's, he's uh, by you know, kind of drafting standards, like he's a senior guy. He's got, he's got time. He played at a, at a serious program at Wisconsin. Um, I think those sorts of things get big time in the minds of, of GMs when they're looking. They really like that behind-the-scenes stuff. Uh, and at that value, I think you're, you're probably getting, you're getting safe or fair value for it. And with the upside, why not? And that's you know why I like bets like that, especially, right, like you're a Wisconsin fan. That's something you can cheer for. When you can get your money down on something you believe in and has pretty good value, it's, it's the best time to be a fan uh, on things like that. And um, great player. And I, you know, if I were an NFL GM and was looking at a running back, I would have no problem scooping him up. Yeah, so I, I definitely like both those. There, there's some buzz about, you know, did he take too much wear and tear at Wisconsin? But he only played three seasons while he was relied on very heavily uh, by that offense. I just don't see how any of these other running backs haven't taken a similar amount of punishment when you uh, you know, talk about youth football, high school football, and college football. Yeah, so Christian McCaffrey carried the ball like 350 times a game at Stanford, and he's now like Mr. Iron Man, big contract, dollar a year contract. Yep. Yeah, uh, getting paid, and still like even uh, even in the NFL, he's getting twenty five touches a game. And I remember at Stanford, I was like, "Good gravy!" Like this guy, this is his thirty second carry of the game, uh, and he's not exactly a bruiser. He was, yeah, he was an undersized running back too. Taylor is a full full size running back. So yeah, those are my two hundred quick ones. Yeah. There, let's go. Let's move on to yours. Let's keep it rolling here. What's your next one? So I've got I've kind of got three categories that I put stuff in. The fun bets, Andrew Thomas playing high school band was a fun bet. Uh, the value there was good, but not great. Um, this is going to kind of be another so-so, and I'm going to tell you what the odds you have to beat are. Don't take anything less than that, or you're not going to be getting good value. LSU versus Alabama players drafted in the first round. I'm taking LSU plus a half at plus 110. So if LSU, if they break even and both get five players or six players drafted, LSU wins at plus 110. 
Um, it's just, it's, it's pretty good value, but don't take anything lower than that. Ideally you should be getting like plus 115, like plus 113, plus 112. Um, but LSU plus a half player more drafted in the first round than Bama. Okay. I like it. Some SEC rivalry there. Uh, moving right along here. My next one is will fast rising TC receiver Jalen Rager be a first rounder. There's a lot of great wide receivers in this draft is obviously the big three with both Alabama's Jerry Judy and Henry Ruggs, uh, and of course, CeeDee Lamb from Oklahoma. Those three are locks to go in the first round. Denzel Mims of Baylor, Justin Jefferson of LSU, T. Higgins of Clemson are the other ones expected to be going in the late first. I think Jalen Rieger, who is an absolute burner, he had poor quarterback play at TCU. His film is great. He tested great. This guy will be a first-rounder. You're getting plus money there, plus 125. That is my next bet there. Will Jalen Rieger be a first-rounder? Yes, at plus 125. All right, let's move on to you, Chris. What's next? I love all these plus odds we've got so far. Um, Same thing in the matchup category. Clemson versus Ohio State, players drafted in the first round. Ohio State plus a half, plus 225. So not looking great there, but you and I were just talking about what can we find more than two players drafted uh, for Clemson in the the first round. It's going to be a little tight. Uh, Obviously, our boy um, Chris Daniels is going. Chris Daniels, right? Defensive end? Chase um, Young. Chase Young. Young. Um, so I think it's going to be close, is what I'm saying. And with uh, OSU getting the half at plus 225, I'll gladly take that, assuming they break even with each other. Yeah, look, Ohio State's got two absolute locks in the top five, really, in cornerback Jeff Rokuda and Chase Young is almost a lock to go number two overall. So I like that one. That's a good one. My next one here is quarterbacks. Total amount of quarterbacks taken in the first round. I'm going to take under four. It is expensive at minus 230. But here's why I'm telling you to take the under. We're going to see three go for sure. We're going to see, of course, Joe Burrow go number one overall. We're going to see Tua, Tagovailoa. Uh, Even with the rumors about his hip not being fully healed, he will certainly go very likely in the top five, if not the top ten. And I think we'll see Justin Herbert as well. Whether or not he slips, I think he might. Uh, Remains to be seen, but he will definitely go in the first round. Now, I do think we're going to see Jordan Love go at some point in the mid to late first round, which equals four. However, there's a free wall here, Chris. I do not, under any circumstance, see Jalen Hurts or anyone else going Jake Fromm, Jacob Issa. I do not see those guys sneaking back up into the first. So I think we're going to see four, but there's a chance that we only see three here. If we don't see Jordan Love go back in there, uh, you know, someone trading up for him or, or someone missing out like the Chargers or the Dolphins and trading back up to the first, then we will see three and you win. So I don't see you... Any way in which you lose this bet here, you're going to push if there's four. You're going to win if there's three. In the very, very, very unlikely scenario, there's a fifth taken. I'd be shocked. Then you will lose. But it's a free roll here. I think you're going to see four, so you might as well take that value. Definitely. Uh, And, yeah, you you mentioned it there at the end. The Chargers um, projected to maybe trade up and go after Mr. Jordan Love from Utah State. And that's assuming that they don't take a quarterback, obviously. At the, at the beginning, fall. yeah, that's right. We'll, we'll see exactly how this falls. Um, but uh, apparently the, the new rumor of, of the day is that the Dolphins are trading up potentially not to take two of but to take an offensive lineman, uh, which I would be very surprised at. But again, as we mentioned, you can never have too much lineman. When in doubt, go with offensive line. And as you mentioned earlier, the cornerstones for your team for a number of years. And it's actually proven that offensive line, especially interior offensive linemen, busts at a substantially lower rate than any other position in the NFL draft in the first round, at least. All right, let's move it along here. What's your next? So yet another matchup, Clemson versus Oklahoma, players drafted in the first round. 
Clemson money line minus 160. And part of that is my ignorance on college football players and Oklahoma's program individually. But the value was there. As I was plugging it in in the old calculator, this was one of the things that jumped out. So the Clemson money line minus 160 first round players drafted. All right. Clearly you missed the competitive juices are flowing. You, you missed the, the, the team on team competition. Your first three or four of these have yep. all been first round matchups uh, based on team. And I'm sure there'd be some conference ones in there as well. All right. These next two are related here. Actually, there's three of them. They're all related. They're also about quarterbacks. I'm going to go ahead and take Tua Tagovailoa at exactly pick number three at plus 400. I do think Joe Burrow goes first overall. I do think Chase Young goes two overall. From there, all bets are off, Chris, but the bet I am suggesting you take is two at number three. There's just so much value with quarterbacks. Year over year, we see this. Teams get desperate. They have to trade up. The Dolphins have so much firepower. If they don't get Tua, I just don't know what they're thinking. And they have the fifth overall pick. They have two other first-round picks. It'd be very easy just to hop over, make that selection number three overall, have your franchise quarterback. I'm taking Tua Tagovailoa exactly at pick number three at plus 400. In addition, even if he doesn't go at three overall, I'm taking Tua under five and a half. I don't see any possible scenario in which the Dolphins do not take him at number five overall. And let's just say they do trade up to number three and they take an offensive tackle. Then I do think we see the Chargers trade up to get Tua. He's just a too valuable player. This guy's a leader. He's mobile. He's got an absolute cannon. What happens if Tua Tagovailoa does not get injured maybe he's in competition with Joe Burrow to go first overall. I mean, he is that good. This is the guy we thought was going to go first overall coming into the season. I'm taking Tua under five and a half, so you can take both those, and you can cash on both of those potentially. And third, I'm taking Justin Herbert over five and a half for some of the reasons that we mentioned. I don't think any quarterback or any any, uh, team is stupid enough to take Justin Herbert over Tua, which means you're going to see Justin Herbert go over five and a half. I also have Herbert drafted as the third overall quarterback at minus 140. So some quarterback-related ones. These are all correlating together. I think you're going to hit all four of these if you do that. Tua at exactly pick number three. Tua under five and a half. Justin Herbert over five and a half. And Herbert as the third overall quarterback selected. Yeah, Tua's not hurt. I think it's it's obvious it's one and one A, right? And am I crazy? Didn't Tua hurt his, like, ribs and his hip? Um, not... You know, Two years it, wasn't, ago. it wasn't a, you know, he doesn't have arm problems, right? Like I don't, right, you know, exactly. he, can, he can move around a little bit, but he's not going to be, you know, he's not Lamar Jackson and he's not supposed to be Lamar Jackson. So I don't, you know, the concern over the injury seems a little, a little too people, great. People haven't been able to have their doctors physically examine yeah. him, but apparently the Dolphins had him in there in February and he passed the physical. So I'm not worried at all if I'm a GM. Uh, you know, if you're not taking risks, you're, you're never going to win anything. And I, I think that Tua is the classic high risk, high reward. And I think Justin Herbert is the classic high floor, but 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 low uh, ceiling kind of player. And, I, and it's just not someone that excites me. And time. you might be better informed than I am on college football, but I watched some Oregon games and, you know, Herbert didn't exactly knock my socks off. It seems like his, not his entire, but a majority of his upside in stock is that he's six, he's six foot six and guys are just enthralled with giant quarterbacks. Great body. He's a great leader. He did a lot of great things in Oregon. Not someone I would put my hand, hang yeah. my hat on. That for sure. Yeah, not a guy I want to pay millions and millions of dollars to. So watch him get drafted by the Patriots and be awesome. And then everybody <laughs> say, what a huge mistake we've all made. Yeah, um, yeah, that's crazy. 
that would be crazy. So my, I've got two fun bets we'll, we'll finish with, but my, this is kind of my big bet. And when I say big bet, all those, the ones I mentioned before were on the line, right? They're very close whether or not you should be betting them. This one that I found was way, way off sides. Clemson over one and a half first round picks at minus 450. So if you can find a minus 350, minus 400, minus 500, this is a great bet. The downside is you have to bet like a thousand dollars, you know, to win a couple hundred. So uh, putting a ton of money down doesn't always feel good. But you and I talked about it before. It too seems it seems automatic to me um, with the linebacker and then uh, their wide receiver. I think they're both first rounders for sure. And this is just this is great value if you can get minus four hundred, minus four fifty, minus five hundred on this. Higgins Higgins was the wide receiver in Clemson that I was thinking of. Yeah, it definitely seems like good value. You're going to be sweating that one out because you're going to see Isaiah Simmons taken early, and then we'll see on that one. But you, Wait you until have later a, lot, on, a yeah. lot riding. You certainly have a lot riding on Clemson overall. Um, yeah. players. Uh, I have a couple more here. Before we move on, of course you know who our sponsor for today is going to be. The NFL Drafts, we don't need to tell you, it is tomorrow. Friday, it brings us rounds two and three, and Saturday brings us round four through seven. There is no better place to go for all your NFL draft needs besides bet online. Uh, you, they have tons. We're, literally, we're going through and picking our favorite bet online draft props. These are the odds that we're giving you are from bet online. They're, they're absolutely your home for all your draft related needs. There are some great welcome bonuses. They're still fun to be had. So go to betonline.ag and use our promo code MYPOD100. That's M Y P O D 100 to receive your welcome bonus on your first deposit. There are some really fun ones in there. We've detailed a few of them for you uh, out there. But, of course, there are plenty more, and there are plenty of traditional draft props as well. So go to BetOnline, betonline.ag, and use the promo code MYPOD100. BetOnline, your online wagering experts. We spoke to BetOnline sports brand, uh, sportsbook manager um, Dave Mason last week. That one came out last week. So very interesting guy, very interesting story, and he is the guy for BetOnline. And so that gives us a lot of confidence here. And, and not just us, Chris and I both use BetOnline, but all of the other uh, betting podcasts, certainly, and a lot of the other sports podcasts all have BetOnline accounts, and they're a great place for you to go for all of your draft prop needs. All right, I'm going to fire away a quick, some quick ones here. There are some really fun ones. We t- spoke specifically with Dave last week about these, Chris, and there was like five really fun ones at that time. Total dog shown, over under three and a half. I'm taking the over, minus 165. Total cat shown, minus 150 over one. <laughs> Everyone is in their homes. You know, you're telling me that less than four of these draft prospects at their childhood homes or wherever they choose to do this draft are going to ha- not have dogs. I mean, there's going to be potentially four dogs in one screen. I mean, I don't know how, again, read, read the fine print, but we could literally see a house with five dogs, you cash. We could see a house with two cats, you cash. So I'm taking the over on both of those. The next fun one here I'm taking, who will the first overall pick hug first? Joe Burrow is about as by the book of a guy I've ever seen. <laughs> this, this guy was built to play football. Uh, you know, just a pretty boy from, from Ohio, transfers to LSU, has an amazing season. You don't think that Joe Burrow is going to hug his mom first, then you are, uh, you're an idiot. I'm not, I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'll, I'll happily take your money. Hit me up at, on Twitter, <laughs> smaxwell 713 I'll offer you the same odds as Ben Online. Who will he hug first? His mom. Of course he's going to hug his mom. Minus 150. That's stealing right there. There's no, no possible way he hugs anyone besides his mom. So minus 150 is a relatively cheap discount as far as I'm concerned. Here's another fun one. How many draftees overall in a tie? The line set at 20 and a half. 
Are you kidding me? You think that we're going to see 21 <laughs> different of these prospects in suits and ties? A lot of these guys may have sponsorships with various things. They may be wearing Nike. They may be yep. wearing Adidas. They may be wearing their school's uh, you know, workout stuff. I just I don't see 21 and up uh, of these players wearing suits and tie. I, I, I think we may even see only 10 to 15 of these players in a suit and tie. So, yes, I definitely think there will be 11 or more players not wearing a tie. So I'm taking – uh, the under there, minus 300. And here is my bet, my lock of the draft here. And that's going to be, will pizza be shown in any drafty home? I'm taking yes here. Exceptionally confident at minus 600. Yes, it is very expensive. But I'll tell you one that I know for a fact about pizza in their home. And it goes back to my first two bets. If Jonathan Taylor goes in the first round, not only will you hit plus uh, 275 in the first round, you'll hit very likely Jonathan Taylor, plus 250 is the first running back taken. You will also hit the pizza prop because <laughs> Jonathan Taylor Jonathan Taylor, yesterday agreed to a sponsorship deal, and he is a spokesperson for Topper's Pizza. It is a pizza company in the south central Wisconsin area. He gets four franchise of Topper's Pizza. He gets all kinds of different things, including, of course, a sponsorship money. He will have sponsors, uh, Topper's Pizza in his home. If he is in the first round, you better believe you have pizza. So that is an absolute winner right there. And that's not even to say that other players will not also have pizza. I mean, who, who's not going to have pizza in their home? I'm having pizza in my home. Why wouldn't these families on the biggest day of their life not have pizza? I just can't imagine it. It's only one draftee has to have pizza in their home at any time for you to win this bet. This is my absolute lock of the 2020 NFL drafts. That's great, great information on the uh, Topper's Pizza. Uh, feels like inside info there. <laughs> you get, get a lot of people throwing some cash down on that. Yeah. Now, again, uh, Jonathan Taylor's not a lock to be a first-round pick. You know, I guess that's true. You know, that's he's true. an underdog to be a first-round pick. However, I do think he's going in the first-rounder. And if he does go in the first round, unless they have some sort of weird camera angle, they don't show it, there will be pizza. There will be toppers, boxes, and shirts, and all <laughs> kinds. I mean, the dude literally yesterday signed the sponsorship deal. It was the first of its kind where he gets franchise opportunities. He's a spokesperson for life with the company. They released a whole big video production about it. There will be Topper's Pizza. You better believe it. In that camera shot, if Jonathan Taylor is drafted and if he is shown, I think both those will be true. Yeah, I'm with you on the over-under on dogs. I've got the over on that. First of all, a lot of these guys definitely have dogs. And if they don't have dogs, they want dogs because they want, to, <laughs> they want their image to be that, like, I'm a dog guy. Uh, yep. So yep. that's going to be a thing. And, like, you don't put the dog – you can't lock the dog in the other room. Dog's going to bark its head off. Right. And once so, you get celebrated and you know, everyone's hugging and crying, yeah. the dogs are going to show up. Yeah. They want to be yeah. a part of the, the fun. Of course, that's what dogs always do. Yeah, dogs are coming up over the top and they're going to be jumping up wondering what it's all about. So dogs over three half feels pretty. Seems like a lock. Seems safe. And the other one I'm going to go with, which is <laughs> seems interesting that I'm going to lead with this saying it's a surefire loser. But people in the same room under nine half at plus 105. How tone deaf are we? folks, you know, inevitably somebody's going to have 27 people there in the room, but come on, coronavirus, nine and a half people in a room. Don't be tone deaf. Don't be society deaf. Like I got to believe somebody's agent is telling them somewhere, like keep 50 people in the basement. And then once the camera goes off, everybody can come over. So I'm going to hope that, uh, the time, the, the times that we live in convince these draftees that they shouldn't have 10 people in a room together. So under nine half people in a room. Seems pretty safe. But and it's also like how, how you know, who counts and who doesn't count. And you're going to have to quickly just tally everyone up. Uh, it's, it's, I, I do not envy the people at Battle Line that's going to have to judge 
these split second shots and, and make the decision based on yeah it. It, yeah the fine print on that one because I read it the fine print <laughs> the fine print says manager's choice so uh, of course it does of course DVR DVR the draft. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, this was a fun episode. We got live, not sports, but a live sporting event. It'll bring us together. It'll bring the country together. Chris and I are both going to be live tweeting, I'm sure, uh, reactions based on the draft tomorrow. Um, they, re- they replayed the 2017 NFL draft yesterday. Chris, I don't know if you were tuning in, uh, but I, I saw a bunch of Bears fans lamenting that evening, of course, where Mitchell Trubisky was taking. Thanks. Thanks, Ryan. Patrick, Thanks, you idiot. <laughs> but anyways... Follow us on Twitter, smaxwell 713 for me, Lou Mandingo Rock for Chris Lewert. For SAG Capital, for Chris Lewert, for the Bleed Podcast Network, this is Sam Maxwell. Thank you guys for listening, and we'll see you guys next time. All my life, I never knew what I could be, what I could do, then we were new. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.